Uh, if you got your Bibles, go ahead and go to the uh, St. John chapter 16. We'll be starting in verse 17 tonight. And uh, probably going to wind up finishing up this chapter. I hope we do. Um, so if I can get somebody to read for me verses 17 through 31. Kind of lengthy, but somebody read that for me, please. Then said some of his disciples among themselves, What is this that he saith unto us? A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me. And because I go to the Father, they said, Therefore, what is this that he saith? A little while. We cannot tell what he saith. Now Jesus knew that they were de desirous to ask him and said unto them, Do ye inquire among yourselves of that I said? A little while and ye shall not see me, and again a little while and ye shall see me. Verily, verily I say unto you, that ye shall weep and lament but the world shall rejoice, and ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow, because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish, for that a man is born into the world. And ye now say, and ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again. And your heart shall rejoice, and your joy shall no man taketh from you. And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, and that your joy may be full. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. At that day ye shall ask in my name, and I shall not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loveth you because ye have loved me and have believed that I came out of God. From God. I came forth from the Father and am come into the world again. I leave the world and go to the Father. His, his disciples said unto him, Lo, now speaketh thou plainly, and speaketh no proverb. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man shall ask thee. By this we believe that yet thou camest forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do ye now believe? Go ahead and read the next two verses. Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, you know, when you look at this scripture right here uh, that uh, Jesus is continuing, uh, if you'll remember, I, I constantly remind you all this because we've been studying it for several weeks. Uh, this is right before he was arrested, and this is the teaching that you only find in the book of St. John. You don't find it in any other gospel where Jesus Christ taught these things that uh, John reveals to us that came after Judas Iscariot left to uh, go uh, uh, find the people that were going to uh, arrest Jesus. 
And so he uh, he's talking to them about this. Some of this happened in the upper room, and after they, I mean, the in the room where they had their uh, last supper, and, and uh, they left there. And he's still talking to them about these things. If you'll remember from verse five of chapter uh, this same chapter, uh, Jesus, uh, we, we notice that Jesus gets a little bit frustrated with them because he tells them, "But now I go my way to Him that sent me, and none of you asketh me where thou goest." And so Christ was a little concerned that, uh, that he had told them what he did, and yet they didn't even seem to care, if you will. They didn't ask him anything. And I think this is what leads us into what he's teaching them right now. And he wants us to know this too. And so in, in this uh, verse 17, uh, he, he, had, uh, he, he had just made the statement that a little while and you shall not see me. This is in verse 16. And again, a little while, and you shall see me because I go to the Father. And, and, and the disciples uh, didn't ask him. They, it says they said amongst themselves, what is this that he's talking about? What, did he say, what is he saying? And so now it goes from Christ being frustrated because they won't ask questions to them being frustrated because they don't understand what he's talking about. And so he's, he's got something that he really needs to show them right now he really needs to tell them uh, that that they're going to need to know uh, later on now if you remember uh, at the start of all this he told them that he was telling them these things so that when these things happened they would they could look back and know that he had already told them about these things so he's telling them about things to come and he's giving them a little forewarning about what's fixing to happen although he don't say it plainly he, he kind of speaks a little bit, you know, he tells them, I'm going away, but he don't tell them where he's going. And, uh, and, and, and things like that. And so, uh, he, so they said, uh, they said, therefore, what is this that he said a little while? We cannot tell what he said. And, and uh, you know, the, when you look at this, uh, this reaction uh, to them, you can, you, can, you can hear the frustration, you can feel the frustration in them because things are fixing to change. They can sense that, and he's telling them these things that they don't understand. And how many of you ever had a conversation with somebody that was talking to you and trying to tell you stuff, and you just couldn't get it from them? <laughs> now, my wife's not here. I, I should have put her on the prayer list. I'll put her on there before we leave, because she's not feeling very good tonight. Uh, but uh, sometimes when I talk to her, it takes me a long time to comprehend what we're talking about. I was wondering why you was talking about me. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it, it, it's it, it just it's just sometimes when you talk to someone and you don't really understand what they're trying to tell you and they're trying to tell you something, it's easy to get frustrated with that, isn't it? Am I the only one that has that issue? No. no. Okay, thank you. Uh, so uh, after all of this that he has said to them, uh, you know, they say, "Well, wh what is this he said a little while? We can't tell. We we can't understand what he's talking about." And so they're, they're talking amongst themselves. Well, they already know by now when they even thinking amongst themselves, Jesus already hears that. He hears them thinking, and, it, and it's happened already in the previous chapters. And so he, Christ understands, he realizes their frustration. But you know, you know what he's wondering? I imagine he wonders a lot about us today. Why don't they just ask me? Think about that. Why don't they just ask me? And and uh, it don't say that bluntly, uh, but uh, but that's what he's thinking. He he understands that. And and even today, when we have questions, a lot of times instead of us going to the Lord for the answer, we'll ask another person. We'll we'll Google it. We'll find somebody that's speaking on the subject. We'll find a book that's dealing with the subject. And don't you wonder that sometimes he's thinking, well, why don't you just ask me? I'll show you. I'll tell you. And that's a good question. Can anybody answer that? Why don't we just go to Jesus and ask him sometimes? I ask myself that all the time. Why don't you just ask the Lord? <laughs> yeah. And, and I think a lot of it is is that we want to answer now. Yeah, right now. Right now. We want to answer. We don't have to wait on the answer. And the thing about it is, we, we need to learn to trust Christ that when we need to know an answer, he'll give it to us. And, and so when you ask him, we, we know that sometimes when we ask the Lord, what do we have to do? We have to wait. 
And then it, it, it can come to us. And if you don't forget it and you have faith that he's going to answer that question, he may wait a day. He may wait two. He may get it to you that quick. He may have somebody call you. He may, it, but it may have happen in Sunday school. It may happen in the preaching. And it, somebody you just may have a conversation with somebody and boom, there comes the answer that you've asked him for. Do you think that's by accident? <laughs> you know, God works through people, doesn't he? He does. He speaks through people. And so therefore he can answer questions. Now, now I know some people say, well, when you ask when you when you want to know the answer to something, you seek the answer. Well, yeah, but you seek him first. And then then allow him to give you the answer. Don't worry about uh, not asking him. Ask him anyway. We need to learn how to to ask Jesus ourselves. Just ask him. And and you know the great thing about him? He knows the answer. He always knows the answers. He knows the answers to all of it. And so uh, he, he knew the answer they saw was not going to come through man. Amen? The answers that they saw, especially the one where you go, that, that ain't going to come from men. You're not going to get that from carnal men. You don't get that answer from them. And so if, if, if they can answer it to you now, it's because they, they've read it in the Bible, they've heard somebody preach on it. But that still came from, from the Lord. And so spiritual things are not understood by carnality. Okay? And that's just like today, we want morality governed and laws passed for morality. You're not going to get morality from godless people. Amen? Yeah. It don't work that way. So we're asking godless people to legislate morality for us. I'll be honest with you, I don't want the government legislating nothing like that for me. Do you? Because you see what they legislate and the morality that they legislate. That's why we have abortions today. That's why we have transgenderism. That's why we have, my goodness, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling. It, when you think about things that you see today, just 10 years ago, you'd think, are we really having this conversation now? And here we are, having this conversation. Because we've got godless people legislating immorality. Amen. Not morality, immorality. That's what they're legislating because we have godless men doing it and women. And so uh, that, that's the thing. So you never need to go to that type of person. Carnality is never going to get you the answer to spiritual things. That only comes by one way. How is that? Through the Spirit. That's why we're filled with the Holy Spirit. That is, that is who can show us what we need to know and make sure that we get the information that we need. And it's going to come from Jesus Christ himself. And, and, began, uh, and again, because it wasn't really time for them to understand, they, it wasn't time for them to really understand what's going on. Okay? And, and they're in the midst of something that's, that God is doing, and it's normal when God's at, at work and doing stuff around us. Sometimes we know what he's doing, but sometimes we ain't got a clue what he's doing. Amen? Amen. Amen. Sometimes, and if you don't really know the scripture real good, you look at today's society, and I hear people all the time who are Christians say, well, what's God doing? Why is he letting this happen? Well, he's got a plan. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, like it or not, what's going on around us is leading to a place. And I tell you all this all the time, and it's not an answer we like to hear. And that's why we don't need to get involved in that and stay involved in the kingdom work. Amen? Because what? Because this place ain't going to make it. We've got to make it to glory. We've got to get out of this place if we're going to live eternally with Christ. So we gotta, we're going to have to leave this place in order to do that. And so, but we spend so much time, and, and, and with good reason, we need to pray for the unborn. We, we need to try to put a stop to abortion. That was really... Uh, tickled to death when uh, Roe v. Wade was overturned by the Supreme Court. That was a good thing, but they turned it over to the state. So any state that wants to do what they were already doing can continue to do that. So it, it was uh, spotty legislation at the best. Amen? And, and then, uh, so, uh, but uh, Jesus, when he, when he 
tried to get them to understand what he was doing, he gave them an analogy. And he gave them one that they all understood. Now, what is, what is the analogy that he uses? A pregnant woman having a baby. Now, that's kind of odd for the Lord to use, but he makes a good point when you think about it. And, and of course, back then, they didn't have the spinal blocks and all that stuff that we have now. Their births were, were natural. And, and so, uh, and, and how many of you women had natural births? Gave natural birth? If Anita was here, she'd raise her hand up. She wanted to kill that doctor. Yeah, the first, the, when she had Melissa, there was not, nothing. He didn't want her to have nothing. He was the old timey doctor and he didn't want him. Boy, she, she didn't like that guy at all. So we didn't use him again. But anyway, uh, and so, you know, when, uh, when you think about it, all, uh, the women especially understands this that the, the travail and the sorrow that the woman goes through, uh, she, she feels all of this pain and this agony. And, and I, I don't know, really, honestly, I can't relate. I've never had a baby. It would be weird, but it would be acceptable to our society. They, you know, they keep trying to cause a man to have one. I don't know if y'all know it or not, but they're even trying to make robots that have them. I didn't know that, did you? That's why people should be alarmed when they hear the word AI. Yeah, I need to kind of look at that kind of stuff. You want to know what's going on in the world and the evil that's coming? You ain't seen nothing yet. You, you ain't seen nothing yet. You, you know the, 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 uh, the fire in Lahana that they're talking about? That you know the governor had already said he wanted to make that an AI city? Say that again. An AI city, artificial intelligent city. What place is that? That place in Hawaii that burnt to the ground. Yeah, and and uh, you know I was looking at a at a at a thing the other day. We got a, a, an airport in California somewhere. Right, they call it the gateway to the Pacific Ocean for our military. And these companies come in all of a sudden they. And why it took them so long to realize that the land around it went to selling. And, and before they ever questioned it, all the land from, from one coast all the way around this Air Force base was bought and it was horseshoed in. And now they said, well, wait a minute, all this land just, who's buying the land? Now you'd think our brilliant military would, would say, something's up, something's smelly here. But it was already sold before they smelt it. Well, they got to investigating because they thought, because China has come in and bought so much land, our farmland, you know why? They won't control the food supply. And, and so they thought what, what they're doing is there is Chinese is coming in here. That's what their suspicion was. And they're, and they're wanting to buy up all this land around this military base, this airport, uh, so, uh, so they can see and spy what's going on. Well, it still could very well be, but you know where they, uh, they found the source of the people buying it? Silicon Valley. You know what they bought it for? They want to build their own city, all the techies do, that's AI, artificial intelligence. They're going to have all, nothing but electric cars, they're going to have the computers that they speak to. They control all of their stuff in the house, and it's going to, that's the way it's going to be. And that's what they said. They bought it for, for that purpose. They got all the money in the world, uh, and they, they bought this place, and that's what they wanted to do is build a city that, uh, for them to live in. Okay? And so this is something we need to think about, and I don't know how I got off on that. But he talked about this, uh, this, this woman that's having a baby, and going through all this pain, and when, uh, and she's hurting like real. And but when the baby's born, and they hand that baby to them, what does he say happens? Forget everything. They forget it. their sorrow turns into joy. joy. And so he's trying to prepare them for what's coming. What's fixing to happen to them? They're fixing to enter into a time of great sorrow, and not just sorrow, but great fear. Okay. So most husbands that ever stayed next to their wife when they was having a baby, she might have been going through pain, but he was going through, he was a nervous wreck. And, and, and fear would enter in. And so uh, he, he says, this is, 
this is uh, uh, this travail of the pregnant woman is what he used for the analogy. And, uh, and then he, he says to them, when he says that, he says, uh, now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again. Now they're trying to figure out, now he's fixing to go away, we don't know where he's going, and he said, here's the way he said it, I'm going to go away for a little while, then I'm going to see you again. And then I'm going to go away again. Now that is something that would make you scratch your head. If you didn't know what he was talking about. So he tells them and he's trying to prepare them for what's coming up. And he says, uh, and in that day you shall ask ask me nothing. In other words, you're not going to be able to talk to me face to face anymore when this is all said and done. You're not going to have me present with you. You're never going to lay your head on my chest again. You're never going to touch me physically. I'm never going to touch you physically like that again, like we do now. You know, he washed his disciples' feet. This ain't going to happen no more. He's not going to be able to do those things. And so he, he's, he's telling this. He said, you're not going to ask me nothing, but verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name. And now he's preparing them and us for something else. If you've got a question, ask it in my name. Use my name because my name is going to mean something. Remember what the Apostle Paul wrote? There's a name that is above every name. Amen? And at the feet of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Amen? And so this is something that Jesus proclaimed to them that he wanted them to understand. So later on, when all this is all said and done, they're going to remember this. And they're going to say, wait a minute, if I need something, I'm going to ask the Father and I'm going to use his name. I'm going to evoke the name of Jesus. Y'all, we need to be doing a lot of that now. A lot of it now. Whenever we pray, whenever we get to the end of our prayer, we are to ask it always in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. And, and uh, so, uh, because this is what the Lord told us to do. He said, so whatever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Now, we've got to remember here, that because the name that claim it, people always bring these scriptures like this up. But if you'll remember what we studied a few weeks ago, where, where this was a, a subject before, he said, whatsoever you ask in my will. Okay, so we got to be in the will of the Father to be able to, to be able to receive those things that we ask in his name. He said, when you do it this way, he will, he will give it to you. And then he said, and, and he said right now, so far you had not asked anything in my name. And you shall receive, uh, and you shall receive that your joy may be full. You, you, right now, you don't ask anything in my name. What's going to change? He told them. He's told them all about the Comforter. He's done told them what the works of the Holy Spirit is. He's done every bit of this, and his final proclamation to them is going to be through an angel that's going to tell them to go where he told them to until the promise of the Father comes. Amen. That was the very last instruction they gave God as they watched uh, Jesus ascend into glory. That they were to go to this place and wait on the promise of the Father. And so none of this is going to make sense to them until the promise of the Father comes. And that's why we need to make sure that we're saved, that we're full of the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father is the Holy Ghost still available to us today. We still have to have the Holy Spirit. We have to be led by the Spirit or we're not the sons of God. We have to be filled with the Spirit or Christ don't dwell in us. And if you can't understand the Scripture, tell the Lord to fill you with the Spirit. More of it. Give you the wisdom, the understanding through the Holy Spirit. Ask Him to do that. And He will, he will definitely do that and ask it in His name. Because He wants you to understand the Scripture. Now let me ask you a question. Are we going to understand all Scripture? No, we're not. I wish we could. I really do. But I think the Lord don't have, let don't allow us to understand all of it for a reason. Amen. Sometimes we get it, and it's easy to get the big head and think you know more than you do. Amen. And sometimes I think we have to be brought back down to earth where we realize, hey, wait a minute, I'm not God. I don't understand all. And I certainly don't know everything. Okay? So we have to try to avoid this temptation. 
and not try to make people think we know things. There's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know. Okay? I don't know. And then if you want to ask, I'll try to find out. You know, that's fine. But, but some things we don't know, just like these people here don't know. And he said, now look in verse 25. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak to you in Proverbs or parables, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. Now what does that tell us? That we can know things. That the Lord can show us things, and He use, He's going to use the Holy Spirit to show us the things that that He wants us to to know. And so uh, He He said, uh, now if we can back up and look in verse thirteen, albeit when the Spirit of Truth is come, He will guide you into all truth, for He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear. That shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, and he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. So he had already told them how this was going to work. Did they comprehend it yet? No. No, they didn't. That's why they're frustrated right now. That's why they're mumbling amongst themselves, trying to figure out what in the world is he trying to say to us. But he just told them plainly in verses 13 and 14 before he started this, this last lecture to them. And so he says, uh, I'm not going to speak to you anymore in, in uh, Proverbs. I'm going to show you plainly what the Father says. And he's talking about through the Spirit. And at that day, now he, that's, he says, at that day, a future event. Okay? A lot of times the Bible tells us in the last days and at that day. Okay? This is a future event that he's trying to get them prepared for that they still don't have a clue what's coming, although he's told them about the Holy Spirit, they don't know that the Holy Spirit is really going to dwell in them. They don't realize what, what that consists of. And, you know, we, we want to make, sometimes we, we understand the Holy Spirit dwells in us. We understand how we pray. We understand things about the church. We understand things about salvation. But you never need to expect somebody who's not saved to understand any of that. Okay? Don't, don't expect them to. Because they can't, through carnality and, and worldliness, understand the spiritual things. That, that only comes through the Spirit of God. Now, the Spirit, when a person gets saved and the Father draws them, that is a spiritual thing. But a person that's being drawn that way have something they have to do. They got to come to them. Okay. How many of you ever felt the call of the drawing of God on your life to come for salvation and you didn't do it? That, that it happened multiple times before you did it? Okay. Now, I wish that I went when I did, but I didn't. Including when you're backslidden? Absolutely. All the time. Every time. The Father draws us into a relationship with His Son even when we're backslidden. Of course, that is more the Spirit dealing with, with our hearts. But the initial point of salvation where the Lord's trying to get you to come to Jesus to save your soul, you get that through the preaching of the Word usually. You get it from the Gospel. You get it from the Word of God. And there's something that's spoken that touches you inside and you realize you have a need for something and when you make that realization and you feel compelled to go to the altar you feel compelled to go up front and give your heart and life that is the father that does that's the creator that does that and that is our cue from him it's time for you to go meet my son because that's the way he's designed our salvation is to come through Jesus Christ. Okay? So that in, in, John, in John chapter 6 verse 44, Jesus said, No man can come unto me unless my Father draws him. You think he just said that for no reason? Yes, sir. And, and, and I understand what exactly he drawed, but like being black, backslidden, and you know that he's drawing you. And mm -hmm. you're steadily saying no. Mm -hmm. You 
you spill back in office, denying, I guess would be the word, he will actually stop that. And if you're lucky, you can understand that he's not talking to you anymore. Mm -hmm. And you need to make a decision. You better make one. The most frightening thing for anybody is when the Lord quits speaking to them and they might even not even be aware of it. That's right. When the Lord quits chastising you, when He quits convicting you, you're in trouble. Especially if you still have this sin in your life He's been trying. And, and you know, I think He said it best in the Old Testament when He was talking to, to Noah. He said, my spirit will not always strive with a man. There's a, there's a point where the Lord quits. And I think in the book of Romans where it talks about being turned over to the reprobate mind, which is the mind that, that a man gets where they have no need of God. They feel like they have no need of God. They can live their life. They can do whatever they want to. They have no need of God. That's what he says happened to them. To the, uh, in, in Romans chapter 1, just read it for yourself. And he gives the scenario of, of, of groups of people he talks about that if they're not careful, he will turn them over to a reprobate mind where they're they going to believe they're doing right and that he honors what they're doing. And that's a dangerous place to be with God, especially if what we're doing is, is spoken plainly in his word that it's sin. Okay? It's a dangerous, it's a spooky place to be. And so this, this, is, uh, this is what it is. That's what it is with the backslider. And the backslider... Uh, now, we believe in the eternal security of the believer. We believe in once saved, always saved. That's what everybody teases us about. And I understand what backsliding is because I've been there. I've been backslidden. But I never felt lost. Although I was backslidden, I never felt lost because I was convicted all the time. And it took me several years to listen to the Spirit and the drawing of the Father to come back <coughs> took me a while. And I was, I was so relieved when I finally did that. I didn't stand and express it. It was, it, was, it was almost the same as the salvation experience I had, the relief that I felt when I came back to God and I knew He forgave me. Hey, and I never looked back from that, Brother Dale. Never looked back. And so that's what can happen to us. But we have to be, we have to listen to this, the, the Spirit. We have to hear, you know, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. They hear me. And even, even the sheep that are going astray, they hear his call. You know, I, when I was a kid, uh, I'd get off and play. Boy, I'd get so busy playing. We didn't do like kids now. We went off. Yeah. We got out in them woods. We wasn't worried about copperheads. Right? We wasn't worried about ticks. We wasn't worried about nothing. And neither was our parents worried about anything. They were glad to get us out of their hair. <laughs> but I, I remember times when I was doing stuff, we were building forts. How many of y'all had built forts out in the woods? Oh my goodness. We, it looked like the hogs had been out there. All the pine straw was built into a wall. and. We made, I, I, well, I'm getting all that. But when I'd be having so much fun doing that stuff, and I'd hear Mama, Gary! I'd just act like I didn't hear a word she said. I didn't know her. You know why? I was having fun playing. And if we're not careful, we get that way with sin. It's pleasurable. We're having fun having sin. And the Lord's hollering, come on. Come on back. Not yet, I ain't ready. And we ain't careful. We can get our attention where we can get ready. Amen. Amen. We're the prodigal. Yeah, yeah, you be wind up that whole pen each lot with pig. You think, wait a minute, I don't have to be here. And sometimes that's where we have to be. Sometimes it, he has to take a person to the very bottom. <laughs> I've heard I've heard testimonies of people a, a lot that said I had to hit rock bottom. And I found rock at the bottom. And that was Christ Jesus. That's the only place you can look it up. <laughs> That's the only place you had to look it up. It can't get no worse unless, unless you're dead. 
And, uh, and so this is what uh, he, uh, we, we need to understand. We need to be there. And, he, and, and then Jesus says, For the Father himself loveth you. I love this. He, he Jesus is really blunt. It's not just Jesus that loves you. that's going to give you life, his life for us. But the Father loveth you. We need to understand that. The creator of all the universe that's the reason John 3.16 says what it does. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son. Christ was here because God loved the world. And he was here to fulfill God's plan of salvation for us and that's what he was doing. That's what he's getting them ready for. And so he wanted them to know that, uh, that the Father himself loveth you and he gives a reason. Why? Because you always love me. Because you love me. Amen? Our relationship with the Father coexists through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And we're empowered to do that by the Holy Ghost. That's why the, the Trinity of God is prevalent. And I, you know, I get so tickled that it ain't funny. I just don't understand how anybody can understand that the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost it, it, it's one God. He's one God. We don't deny that. Does anybody here think that there's three gods we deal with? No. But there are three manifestations of the one God. He's the Father of creation. His Son died on the cross. He is the Savior of the world. He is the Lamb that taketh away the sins of the world. He is the one that all judgment is going to. All the fullness of the Godhead is in Him. When Jesus was baptized, think about this. The, the, that's what the, uh, John the Baptist said. Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. He came in there and got baptized. What happened when he got baptized? There was a voice from heaven. Who was that? It was the Father. They, they had deaf ears because, remember we said this a lot of times, they told Moses, we don't want him speaking to us no more. We don't want to hear his voice anymore. It's spooky hearing him. Let him speak to you and you tell us. And God said, okay. Well, they were deaf to God. If we're not careful today, we'll get deaf to him. Amen. We don't listen to him. We don't want to hear him because we enjoy what we're doing. <laughs> Amen? Amen. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, sometimes we like being our own boss and doing things our way. <laughs> Don't we? Everybody just say amen. <laughs> we, we want to be our own boss and do things our own way when the Lord says, no, I need you to do things my way. And that's where the conflict comes in. And so he said, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed you don't know what you need to believe about God, about Christ, that he came from God. Amen? Amen. That's one of the things we got to believe about Jesus Christ. I, and, and, and that I came out from God. Amen? Y'all listen to me. When he comes back to get us, he's going to do that again. He ain't coming to the Father tells him to. Think about it. And back on the, the Trinity of God, the Bible's plain. There are three, three that bear record in heaven. And he names three. Father, Word, which is Christ, and the Spirit. Amen. It's the three that he mentioned. But how many are there? There are one. There are one God. Amen. It, it, it don't take a rocket scientist to understand it. It's plain. And why people can see it any other way, I'll never know. But they do. And they argue about it. But I'm not going to argue with anybody. It's just plain. Just let them read the scripture. And he said, look at what he says. He said, you, you must believe that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father. And I am coming to the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. So now he's answering their question. He's answering their question that they were asking one another. I'm, I came out from the Father and when he said, I gotta go and I'll be gone a little while, you'll see me again. Then you won't see me again. And he's trying to tell them that I came from the Father, that's the reason you see me. 
and I'm going to go back to the Father. That's where I'm going. And so we got to see what the, the Bible tells us. And these disciples were sitting listening to that, and I know their heads spinning right now. They don't have the Spirit to help them understand this. But Jesus continues to teach them because he knows when they get the Spirit, they're going to remember his words. And listen, they did. You know how I know? Because we're reading them tonight. Amen. I was telling somebody the other day about, you know, the Apostle Paul preaching. You know, when the Apostle Paul uh, got saved on the road to Damascus that time, the Bible says he was taken into Damascus. They, they prayed for him. The scales fell off his eye. They prayed for him. He received the Holy Ghost. He got up and ate. They baptized him. And the Bible says immediately he began to preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. Immediately. And immediately. Now guess what? He didn't have no gospel to go by. Amen? He didn't have no Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. He didn't have any. He didn't have any Galatians. Of people. You know why? He hadn't wrote them yet. And not only had he not written any of his letters, but the gospel writers hadn't written theirs yet. So he didn't say, I began to immediately to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, I preached Jesus Christ and him crucified. Which was, he didn't know time, that was the gospel. Amen? That was the essence of the gospel. Now later on in his letters, remember, he said that he preached the gospel. What happened? They began to write the writings. Now, I don't know if men really know what they're talking about, but if you if you look at the dates that they think the Gospels came from, it was written in this order. Mark was the first Gospel. Mark wrote the first Gospel. Matthew wrote the, his book second. Luke wrote his book third, and John wrote his book last. Think about that. Paul didn't have access. He might have had access to one or maybe two of them before he got killed before he was killed. But he didn't have them when he first started preaching. But he had something that, that he did need. What was it? He met Jesus Christ. Listen to me. He met the risen Jesus Christ. Is who he met. Amen. And that's what we all have to do. We have to meet Jesus. That's why the Father draws us. He draws us to a place to meet his Son. So the promise that he gives us can come to us. Amen? Any questions about this? This is actually the simplicity of the gospel Paul spoke about. It's simple. You know, I've been, I've been studying in uh, uh, today in Jude. And yeah, I backed up. I had to go back into Jude. And I thought, you know, Jude just one chapter, a few verses. I got stuck all day long on the first three verses. And I, I, I got a sermon I'm going to preach out of that. And you know what he said that, that really struck a chord with me? Our common salvation. I'm going to preach that at the end of the revival. Amen? Our common salvation. What's common? We might have all these differences. We might have these different ideas about baptism. We have, might have these different ideas about gifts of the Spirit. We might have these different ideas about this and that, but we better have one thing in common. And that's Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That He lived that He died and He rose again. That He came from God. That He was in the flesh. That He lived a sinless life. And that He died on the cross for mine and your sin. And that He rose again from the dead. He did resurrect. And that He prayed to the Father and said, pour out your spirit on him. He prayed for the comforter to come and the promise of the Father. That is our common salvation that we all better have, regardless of what we believe after that. Then I'm preach all my sermon. <laughs> so I go to the 23rd Monday night game and I come here and listen to this. I haven't heard that. But anyway, that, that, that's the thing we need to understand about God. His relationship, he's not a respecter of person. Amen? So, when well, you say, well, why does he show some people more than he shows others? Somebody answer that question for me. 
And why does he show some people more than he shows other people? You gotta have time in prayer and study. And you gotta have faith and trust him. Trust him. And believe that his word is absolute truth. Search. Yeah, search the scriptures. For in them you shall find the words of eternal life. That's taught us. But our trust. You know, there's a lot of us that think, and, I, and I'm in this boat. I got family that just don't live right. Don't do, and, and I pray for them. Do y'all pray for your family? Do you pray for the ones in your family that you know is not living right? When you do that, how do you pray? He said tonight, make sure you ask it in Jesus' name. Ask it that way. <clears throat> Believe Him. Trust Him that He hears your prayer. And allow Him to do whatever it takes to answer that prayer. That's where trust comes in. Amen. Let him, let him. Let him do what he, because see, he knows what we don't know. Mm -hmm. He knows what it's going to take to get them back where they need to be. We don't know that. But he does. Ask John. Yeah. <laughs> when God got ready for John to go to Nineveh, and he didn't do it, he put him in a place where he begged him to let him go back to Egypt. Just, just let me out of here, Lord. And he did. And guess what he done? So he spit him out. Straight to them. He went. And God knows what we need. He knows what it's going to take to get us to a place he wants us to be. We have to, when we pray for folks, and we pray for our loved ones, and we pray for our neighbors, we need to pray that prayer. Lord, you know what it's going to take to get them to the place you want. Not the place I want them. That's where we mess up. We want to put them where we want them to be. And we need to turn it all over to the Lord. Put it all in His hands. And say, Lord, put them where you want them to be. That's a whole different prayer, isn't it? It's a whole different mindset. And, it, and, and you have to rely on your faith and your trust to accept, I put them where they need to be. Now it's between them and God. Does that mean I don't pray for them anymore? No. But you pray consistently that prayer. And by the way, that is not a vain prayer. Better be ready for the for some spooky stuff. You you better be ready because he he you're going to start to, when you get that type of faith you're going to start seeing things change in their lives and and they might not be good things. And you get that phone call about midnight there that mm -hmm. your son has been shot mm -hmm. and they won't tell you nothing about it and all this kind of stuff and and you got to go to Longview you know to find out and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I got those kind of phone calls about three or four times with three kids. Knock on the door. Oh, I never got that knock on the door. That would have scared me. But I got the phone call. They're in an ambulance headed to the hospital with perhaps life-threatening issues. Woo! You talk about putting you on your knees right now. You say, everybody said, well, I jumped up and cried. I did not jump up and hit the floor. I didn't know what they were going through right then, but he did. Hit the floor. And then you go. Amen. Because he's the one that can change things. He's the one that can make things happen in, 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 your, in their lives. So we have to pray that prayer, Lord. Put them in your hands, please, whatever it takes to get them back where they need to be, where you want them to be. Good. And then get ready and trust them. Amen? Amen. I've seen it work already. It works. Does it work for all of them? Some of them are so stiff-necked and hard-headed they won't listen to God. What, yes, sir. You know, talk about what you just got through saying about people, even after the Lord deals with them, deals with them, and they harden their hearts. Hard hearts. There's a verse here in Proverbs 29, verse 1. 
it says, He that being often reproved, hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. Yep. And, and that's a sad state of affairs for anybody to get to. And that goes back to what we were talking about a while ago, that the Lord always strive with people. And I'm going to tell you, a, a lot of times, that scripture you just read is prevented by the prayers of a mother, her father, just made God to spare their love. A lot of times that's perverted because God hears them and he answers that prayer for them. Gives them more time, more space. But not up away. Because see, he's looking at the heart of the one he's dealing with also. Amen. And these are hard things for us to, to understand. Why it just don't work out. And it's all about our trust in God. We the ones. You know, regardless of what my children do in their life, I still have to maintain my personal relationship with Jesus. Amen? It don't matter. And, you know, I've heard people say, well, you know, that preacher's child right there, Johnny Croken, testified to this. He, he told me many a time that he brought shame to his daddy. Amen. But it didn't make any difference. His daddy still had to give an account for himself. And Johnny had to give an account for himself. And I thank God that the Lord turned Johnny around and, and helped him to realize that his daddy was right and the Lord was right. And that's what happens to us. And we have to pray that prayer for our children that they, real, they come to that place. It may be in the pig pen. It may be in the belly of the whale. It may be in a hospital bed. It may be in the back of an ambulance. It may be while they're laying on the highway somewhere after they've been thrown out of their car. It may be in a road ditch somewhere. But God knows how to bring them back and what it's going to take. Amen. Amen. Mm. Well, I tell you, I wish I had an easy answer to this stuff. There's no easy answers to it. Because each person is accountable for themselves. Amen. Now, when he said these things, I leave the world and go to the Father. His disciples said to him, Lo, house, now speakest thou plainly, and, and speaketh no proverb. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee? By this we believe that thou came forth from God. Now look at what Jesus replied to that. Do you now believe? He asked him the question, do you, you, do you just now believe? Now do you think about what they had seen him do? And he said, you, you just now believe? That's his question. You now believe? And he goes on to say, Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that you shall be scattered. Now he, he read something into that we didn't read into it. He, saw, he looked in their hearts when they made that remark. And you know what I think he saw? And I think it bears out in Scripture, even in the book of Acts, as they but right before he ascended, if they asked him a question, did anybody know what they asked him right before he ascended? Are you ready to restore the kingdom? <laughs> yeah. And what are you going to restore the kingdom back? Mm -hmm. But he had been talking to him for 40 days about that very same thing. So yeah. I don't know if that's a reasonable question or not, because he'd been talking to him for 40 days about it. Yeah, but they were talking about him setting up his earthly kingdom. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's trying to tell them he's going to set up a kingdom in the heaven. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what he's trying to help them to understand. That's why he's telling them, I came from my father. I'm going back to my father. I'm going back. And so he's trying to get them to understand that. And so when, when they ask him that question, uh, he, he look at what, what they did say. We believe that thou camest from God. Yeah. And, and now we are sure that thou knowest all things and needest not that any man should ask thee. Now look at that, what they just said. What did he have just told them? Anything you want, ask it, and ask it in my name. And that they just then they turn around and say, oh, "We know who you are. We don't have to ask anything." You see that? Uh -huh. 
right there, just plain as a nose on his face. And and uh, and he and that's when he that's when he said the question to him. And then in verse thirty-two, we're fixing to get through here. Verse thirty-two: Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that you shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because my Father is with me. He was telling them about what was going to happen to him when he gets arrested, and they were going to scatter. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have. Peace. Wow. Now what's he talking about there? He, they're not going to have peace while they're going through this storm. When they watch him die in those three day period, there's not going to be any peace. You know how I know? Because the scripture shows them on, on that third day, the women get up and leave the house. They've got the door barred and they're hiding and they're scared to death. The Roman people come get them and kill all of them. But the peace that he's going to be talking about here is when they meet that resurrected Savior. They're going to know, oh, this is real stuff. Mm -hmm. He is who he says he is. It's going to enhance their faith even more. And so he says, these things I have spoken unto you, that in you, me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Had he done it yet? Not yet. But God had said it was going to happen, so he knew it was. So he could say that with authority. I have overcome the world. When does he overcome the world? When he dies on the cross. And he gets the key of death and death. I've got the keys now. I've got the way to unlock it all. And, and we saw it, we studied in Revelation. When he took that scroll out of that hand, he was the only one worthy. He overcame the world to get that right. And we, because he overcame, we are also called overcomers. Amen? But we're only overcomers because he is, not because we are. Amen. Any questions or comments? Thank y'all for listening. We'll be in chapter 17 uh, next Wednesday night. I found out that my old, my old stronger ground at Smyrna, they're, they're actually studying the book of St. John. One of the ladies come by and brought me that thing about the abortion thing uh, yesterday. And uh, she uh, told me they were studying St. John on Wednesday night. They sure were enjoying it. And I said, that's weird. We're doing that too. And she wanted to know where we were at. And I told her, and she said, oh, we're just in chapter 7. <laughs> I said, well, we've been, I don't even know how long we've been doing St. John, do y'all? Been a while. Yeah. I see here, uh, one of the dates on chapter 2 was uh, February the 1st. <laughs> Here's one, uh, the 1st and the 25th. I got uh, January the 18th, whenever we first started. Okay, January the 18th, when we started. It seemed like it been longer than Deuteronomy or Numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and that's something. Yeah, how many years did it take? And there's a lot of figuring going on there. A lot of dimensions and measurements and, and commands and whatever, you know. We but, started chapter 8 in May. Yeah, and so here we are. Uh, what, uh, did you say the 1st and the 18th? Here we are the 9th and the uh, fiction will be the 27th and we're in chapter 17. So, uh, my goodness, how many chapters are in this? 21 chapters. We, we love to get there before the end of the year. <laughs> but there's just so much in it. And you know what? And the worst thing we can do when we, when we study, if we're going to study the Word, we need to study the Word. Not just run through it and get high points. That's not how you learn about it. Because you see things in the, in the plain language here that if you don't just take a long look at it, you just miss it. You read it fast, you won't even think about it. Amen. Love y'all. Would you stand? <laughs> Brother Gary Brandon, would you just miss it, please? Most precious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for allowing us to come together here to worship you and study your word. We thank you for everything that you have taught us. 
to lift up the people on the prayer list again and ask for whatever needs to be done, Father, in your will. I ask that you take everybody on the safety tonight and bring them back safely. 